0: Hi there. Welcome to the Good Life Podcast. For Advent this year, we are looking at the ultimate Christmas renovation. In all the wonder and celebration of the season, I hope you can reflect on your relationships, your heart and words, and find areas in need of some hope and restoration. I hope you enjoy. It is really good to be here with you guys this morning. I'm excited to talk about Christmas renovations. Um, I don't really know anything about renovations. Um, Only what I've been told, and from my experience with my friend Greg, who it seems like he's always miserable, right, because he's always renovating. But uh, I I don't really know anything about it, so I've gone on a bit of a learning journey, and so I'm excited to share that with you today. But before I do, uh, I would like to just read a scripture, and then we'll pray and begin. This is from Matthew chapter 11. Verses 1 through 3. It said after Jesus had, had finished instructing his 12 disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in the towns of Galilee. And then when John, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask him, Are you the one who is to come? Or should we expect someone else? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for today, thank you for being with us, thank you that you love us and that you're here to open our eyes and open our hearts to who you are and how you want us to live. So I pray that your Holy Spirit would come and encourage us as we lift our eyes to you this morning. In your name I pray, amen. So I was talking to Mike. Um, I was like Monday or Tuesday, and kind of about you know what I was thinking about talking about. And um, you know, he Mike is so kind and and nice, and he's just like, "Yeah, Ryan, I, I trust you. It's going to be okay. I love the idea where you're headed." And then I went and I listened to week one of the podcast and realized Mike had already preached the sermon that I was going to talk about. <laughs> That's what happens when you don't come to church. So I just want to invite you to come every week, and if not, listen to the podcast as soon as possible, right? And, and so I, I, I kind of went on, I, I listened, and I thought, okay, I, I know where I want to go, but it's a little bit different. And then I came to church on Sunday and heard Greg, and, and you know, all week I've, I've kind of been listening and, and, and kind of ruminating about his tips, right? He had five tips that he talked about, five tips for renovating our words, and, and specifically I, I zeroed in on number four, and it's going to come up on the screen. It says it's going to take longer than you think. Renovations take longer than you think. I think most of us have this idea of, of maybe we come to the Lord, we come to, to church, and we're going to pray a prayer, and things are going to change just like that. We call it the California plan. You know, I, I remember I started a, a workout uh, regime with Shane here in the gym, and I, I went and I worked out, I did like a 30-minute session, and I got up on the scale the next morning and I was heavier. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Why am I even trying? Right? Like, and, and, you know, Shane's like, mate, you, you have to put the work in. If you're going to see any results, it's going to take longer than you think. And so today what I want to talk about is kind of these things that, that sometimes hold us back. And I think maybe in this Christmas season, we need to have a, a renovation of our expectations. Right? Like I, 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 I know kind of contextually what renovations mean, but I went and looked it up because I've never actually done any home renovations. And, and I found out that renovations, the process of improving Broken, damaged, or outdated structures. I thought that was a really great definition. Additionally, renovation can refer to making something new or bringing something back to life and can apply in social contexts. And so, as, as I think about expectations and this I, idea of Jesus maybe renewing or repairing my broken expectations of, of who I thought he was or what I think the season's about, I have to come with this understanding that we all have expectations. We've got an idea or we've got a plan, we've got a goal, we've got a belief, we all have something. And in that something, we develop expectations. Have you you ever heard the saying, never meet your heroes because you'll be disappointed? I I think it's attributed to a lot of people. I couldn't find like one person it was attributed to because I think we've got so many expectations, but we also have a a deep love and a desire to kind of idolize the the people that make the content that we love. When I was in Bible school many years ago, uh, I was given a book to read for one of my classes, and I loved this book, right? I I read it cover to cover. I would would use quotes from it in my term papers, arguing important ideas. I would argue and talk about the the ideas in this book with my friends at coffee shops late into the night. I thought this author was like the be-all, end-all of Christian thought, You know, and as I grew older, as I began to continue ministry and was a youth pastor and an associate pastor, I I loosely followed this author's life and and writings and always loved them. Never thought that I would meet them. Until one day, like I was put in a position where I was going to spend actual time with this author. I was like, this is going to be great right? I I could imagine it, right? I thought time would equal conversation. I thought conversation would turn into family holidays in Greece. (laughs) I thought eventually there would be like dedications in books for Ryan, (laughs) who tells me the truth, right? It was not that way. It was not what I expected. They were more than a little grumpy They were completely focused on the task at hand, which was speaking at a conference, not starting a new relationship with me. The things that I loved from a distance were incredibly different close up. No dedicated books. In fact, I would go as far to say this person doesn't even remember meeting me. And that's okay. Right? But, like, I was crushed. Expectations come in many shapes and sizes, and I, I think this Christmas there's an opportunity for Jesus to renovate our hearts when it comes to our expectations. At least I think that's what he's doing for me. I, I just read a, a bit of a story about John the Baptist, and, and I think it's important for us to, to not just expect or assume that everybody in the room knows about this story, right? John the Baptist was an important figure in the New Testament. Kind of the New Testament begins with John the Baptist preaching this message of repentance. He says the Messiah is coming, so we need to repent, right? He begins his ministry baptizing people who who say, you know what, I want to go in a different direction. I want to live a different way. I, I want to be who God designed me to be. And so he would baptize people and he would speak truth to power, right? He was speaking truth about the king of the time who was having all kinds of debaucherous behavior with people and just it's a whole kind of soap opera actually and so he's speaking truth to this power he's baptizing people but he's also the cousin of Jesus he's also the one that in Luke it talks about John's mother uh, Elizabeth meeting Mary and in the womb John like leaps for joy Elizabeth says John the Baptist was also the one who Jesus comes to and says, I, I want you to baptize me. And John's like, I, I want you to baptize me. Right? He, he was there. He baptized Jesus. And uh, one, one could assume, right, that, that he heard the words of God as the dove ascended, descended on Jesus, that this is my son in whom I am well pleased. And then now he's in prison for doing the right thing. For speaking truth to power. For being unflinching, right, in his devotion to this message of repentance. And he hears about the things that Jesus is doing. And he sends his disciples to ask this question. It's a wild question. Are you the one? Or should we expect someone else? What was his expectation of who jesus was what are your expectations in this season that we're in now maybe it's the gift under the tree that you've got an expectation for but maybe it's something bigger maybe it's the big promotion maybe it's the new home it's the long distance relationship or it's the breakthrough that just seems out of reach the healing that just never comes What are the expectations that you're carrying this morning that God wants to repair, that he wants to renew? Or or maybe it's like we we could go the other way and have no expectations at all so that if anything happens, then I I won't be disappointed. I know I sometimes vacillate between the two extremes. And John says, are you the one? Are you going to save me? Is what I think his question was. He's in prison, and some of us in the room know how the story ends, right? It ends with John's head on a platter. He gets beheaded, right? And, and Jesus responds to this question in an interesting way, right? He, 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 we, we often want to ask these questions, right? What is, what is he up to? What is Jesus doing? What, what is, is, is God good? Can I trust him? And we get to these three questions that I think I ask a lot. I don't know about you. Maybe you're not anything like me, but I think that these are three common questions, or they're not questions, but kind of statements of our expectations or the way things are, is I didn't expect it to be this way. I didn't expect it to take this long. And I didn't expect it to be this hard. Have you ever said any of these things? I find myself saying them sometimes. And it wasn't long ago, it was maybe, I don't know, the middle of October, I found myself saying all three of these things. When I first started with Compassion about a year ago, I put my hand up to be a part of a technology program. Like We're changing all of our, our major systems. You m- maybe got an email about that because you sponsor a, a child. and So we're, we're doing all these upgrades to our internal data systems which as if you know me, I am a technological immigrant. Right, like I am the last person that should be on a technology program. I know just enough to ruin things. But like in my team I noticed that that nobody was putting their hand up and, and so I got altruistic, right? I'm like, I'll help. I don't know what I'm doing but I'll help. And so, as anybody knows, especially if you're a pastor, if anybody puts their hand up, we're gonna say, yes, I've got 10 jobs for you. (laughs) And so I joined this technology program, and all of a sudden I'm I'm just pulled way out of my comfort zone, right? Vocabulary, software programs, issues and process maps, things I had never heard before. Programs like Confluence and JIRA and X-Ray and things that mean nothing to me still, were the backbone of this important technological program and then I found myself leading our team in it. (laughs) One of the girls who was leading it went on maternity leave. I said, that was some good planning. (laughs) I got to this really important part called user acceptance testing and we were doing 40, 50 hours of testing a week and I wanted to throw my computer into the river. Because I'm just like, how am I supposed to make tough decisions when I don't even understand the original program? I'm still new. Who who thought it would be a good idea for me to be on this team? And you know what? I I wanted someone to come in and say, you know what, Ryan? Great job for putting your hand up. Wow, what a way to serve the team. But you know what? I see that, that you've done everything you can do. Let me take that hard thing off of you. And let me do it for you. You know what? No, you just you go and you spend time with pastors and speak in churches. You've done a great job, but I'm just going to take that off you. And you know, nobody was doing that. In fact, I was sitting at my desk at at my house, and I was having a a, I was having like a robust dialogue with God. And it was about 6:30. Ellie's downstairs, like Ryan, you going to come to dinner? And I'm just frustrated. And I felt like, like I have so few times that I felt like God spoke to me, like in that moment, right, with a voice, with a, this is what I want you to hear. I could count it on one hand. I felt like God just so lovingly and so kindly and so directly said to me, Ryan, nobody's coming to save you. Right, My expect, expectation was is that I deserved to be saved because I was so you know, like just ready to help. I wanted somebody else to come in and do the hard work of what it meant to make tough leadership decisions. And God just lovingly put his arms around me and said, nobody's coming to save you. You're going to be okay. You can make tough decisions. And you know what? Even if you make the wrong ones, you're still loved, you're still accepted, you still belong. And you know what, there's, there's other people involved in this program that have got your back. So if you don't know something, you can ask them and they'll help you make a tough decision. But I thought it was all about me in that moment. And, and you know, God just came in and he repaired that expectation, not by changing my situation, But by changing my heart, I didn't expect it to be that hard. I didn't expect it to take that long. I didn't expect that it was going to be that way. But my eyes were on me instead of on the one who could repair, who could fix the things. You know what kind of relationship I had with the author who wrote the book I loved? It's called a parasocial relationship. Let me just read you the definition of this. It's an imaginary, one-sided relationship that someone forms with a public figure that they don't know personally. That is exactly what I had with that author. I still have it. (laughs) Now I think of them as like an angry uncle, right? (laughs) who has some really great things to say, but I'm never going to be best friends with. Right? And I wonder, I wonder if, if we can slip into a parasocial relationship with Jesus. An imaginary one-sided relationship that, that he's the Santa Claus in the sky who's going to fix everything for me instead of the one who's with me in every circumstance. I wonder if if, look, I think if there's one person who's never going to disappoint us when we meet him, it's Jesus. Right? Like, I I don't think that he's that kind of, of relationship builder that is about disappointing us because he's gonna, he's better than we could have ever imagined. Right? But we have these tendencies to keep our eyes on ourselves instead of in the place where they should be. I don't believe. We were meant to have a one-sided imaginary relationship with God. But it can be challenging to see Jesus through our circumstances, through our expectations. Sometimes the pain and the trauma and the reality of life feels so final that it's tough to see him through what's happening. We get tired. We use all of the energy that we have. And sometimes there's just no more tears left to cry. One of my favorite artists, Christian artist, who I still have never met, is a guy named David Crowder. I love his music, but years and years and years ago, he wrote a song called All I Can Say, and it still ministers to me now because it reminds me to keep my eyes on Jesus instead of on my circumstances. And I want to read just a few of the lyrics and give you some context for the verse. You can can obviously listen to it if you want later but it, it just says Lord I'm tired I'm so tired from walking and Lord I'm so alone and Lord the dark it's, it's creeping in it's, it's creeping up to swallow me I think I'll stop I'll rest here a while and then he takes this like this kind of question asking kind of position like Lord didn't you see me crying didn't you hear me Call your name? Wasn't it you that I gave my heart to? I wish you'd remember where you set it down. He says, this is all I can say. And then there's this this verse. It's where the perspective shifts for me. And And I think for him in the writing of this song. He says, I didn't I didn't notice that you were standing there. I didn't know that it was you holding me. I I didn't notice that you were crying too. I didn't know that it was you washing my feet. I didn't know. And I think we don't know because our eyes are on ourselves. Our expectations are about what God should do for me instead of like Emmanuel, God with us, that he's in the moment, that he's crying with us, that he's broken in that moment too, that his heart breaks for us. I know theologically that he's whole and he's perfect and he's bringing shalom, but he is with us in our brokenness and he's repairing our brokenness, that He's creating a new framework and a new structure. He's remodeling the whole thing, which is exactly what we're talking about in this situation. Remodeling and renewing our relationships, restoring our words to life giving, faith filled, and repairing our broken expectations with the truth of who He is and how good and how faithful. And how long-suffering he is with us. And slowly, right, slowly, this framework of Christmas renovation takes place. Jesus responds to John, right? And I think he responds to us as well. This is in Matthew 11, verses 4 through 6, right after the should we expect someone else verse. He says, go back and report to John what you hear and what you see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk. Those who have leprosy are cleansed. The deaf hear, the dead are raised. The good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. The kingdom. He's telling us a picture of what it looks like for the kingdom to continually break forth. It's the same words that he utters in Luke chapter 4 that come from Isaiah, the, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. This is what I'm here for. This is what I'm doing. This is what I'm about. How do we have our expectations repaired and renewed? Right? This is the part of, of, of a message that I always struggle with. Right? And, and it's because it's where the, the pastor or the preacher tells you what to do. Right? Here's how you fix it. And I love three points, a prayer and a poem. It's one of my favorite things about being a pastor is everything starts with Pete. <laughs> but sometimes there isn't an easy fix for something that takes forever to be a part of. Like Greg said, it takes longer than you think. We want the California plan, but this is an ongoing thing that we walk in every single day and It's about taking our eyes off of our circumstances and fixing them on Jesus, which is something that we can choose to do every single day. Look, I know in the season that we're in, I could give you three points, and I've got them. For me, it's, it's, what does it look like? I was chatting with Phil, and we were talking about expectations on Thursday, and what does it look like? And he was like, you know what it comes down to for me is obedience. And to me, obedience is what it looks like to be faithful, available, and teachable. These are the things that God has asked us to do. But but again, I want us to take our eyes off ourselves and put them on the one who can change everything. And sometimes that means pause, to stop. And instead of looking at the cliff that we think our our broken expectations are, is to stop looking at the cliff that we think we're going to fall over and turn around and have a look at how God's been our entire life. Jesus answers John probably not in the way that John wanted him to. Let's be real and let's be honest. John's head ends up on a platter. But the kingdom still goes forward. John still did the right thing and spoke truth to power, proclaiming what it looks like to live a repentant life. And Jesus goes into this kind of amazing tirade, right, through the end of this chapter with this woes to this city, woe to that who sees the miracles, who they see the things that they thought they wanted to see and they still didn't get it. But instead, this is what he says. He says this in Matthew eleven twenty-five through 26 and 28 through 30. He says, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned and you revealed them to little children Yes, Father, this is what you were pleased to do. And then he goes into maybe my favorite verses in the New Testament. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Our forced expectations can leave us broken and bitter. But it's the unforced rhythms of grace that repair and renew and keep our eyes on Jesus. This is where we have the opportunity, right, to lean into trusting God or lean back into disappointment, frustration, or bitterness. Perhaps the greatest way that that we can have our expectations renewed, especially in this Christmas season, is to look back and remember how good God is. I love this quote, and as I close, this quote is from Henry Nouwen, one of my favorite theologians. He says, our life is full of brokenness, broken relationships, broken promises, and broken expectations. How can we live with that brokenness without becoming bitter and resentful, except by returning again and again to God's faithful presence in our lives? Again and again and again. What does it look like? For us to return to God's faithful presence in our life. I got back from a trip to the Philippines about 21 to 3 weeks ago. And we got to visit inner city poverty, we got to visit rural poverty, we got to visit seaside poverty. We were visiting the work of compassion in many different places, taking pastors from Australia. And one of the things that, that was this thread through the whole trip, I don't know if you've ever been in third world poverty, but in the Philippines, it's kind of like they, they just build houses on top of houses, on top of houses, on top of houses. No building codes. We went to one home in a place called Naval where the, the foundation had, it was the, the house was a cement foundation and then a, a roof with, Thousands of holes. In the, in the rainy season, nothing stayed dry. Every time the, the tide would come in, it would bring sewage and garbage into their home because they were that close to the Inlet River. Right? I, I saw poverty that just broke my heart. A family of nine living in a room no bigger than my bathroom. I remember walking around the corner to this church And there the entire church was singing in English as we walked around the corner. We're different. We're from different places, but we're one family. We got into the church and they love to sing and dance in the Philippines. If you've ever been there, it's amazing. But every church we went to, we found this common thread of they wanted to sing about the goodness of God in their life the things that that God had done, the faithful, expectation. Sometimes we mix up faith and expectation because the expectation is about us, but faith is about who God is. I remember one pastor said to me, I wanted to become a part of the Compassion Program, and I got told no six years in a row, but on the seventh year, they told me yes. How good God has been to us. And we sang this song together. It seemed like we sang it at every church And we wept every single time. Because it doesn't matter if you live in the Philippines. It doesn't matter if you live in Australia or Sri Lanka. God is faithful. Our circumstances and our expectations, are they based on what we want him to do for us or what he's already done on the cross? I want us to think about what our expectations really are. And maybe move from a place where our eyes are on us and they, in turn, are turned back to the place that they should. A faith-filled view of Jesus. Not unrealistic expectations that revolve around us, but trust in a God, a good and a gracious God, who loved us and saved us. And not fictional transactional concepts of who we think God is. God, thank you that you've been faithful. God, I pray that that today we would put our eyes back on you. That you would speak to our hearts. And that you would repair, God, the things that have been broken. God, that you would meet us in our hurt, that you'd meet us in our tiredness, that you'd meet us in this season. Like Mike even said earlier, it, it gets crazy, but we have the opportunity to turn to you today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Good Life Podcast. To stay up to date, make sure you subscribe on the platform you're listening to right now. If you're interested in our conversations that delve a bit deeper and are hosted by Hannah Bartle, you can check them out in the same feed. Otherwise, it would be amazing if you could like, follow and even give us a five-star review. It all helps in getting the good news out there. You can head to our website, goodlife.org.au for more information or check out our YouTube channel for more video resources. Have a great week. Peace.